Really nice. Serenading the Lord. What a friend we have in Jesus. Is he your friend? Amen. Friends talk to you, right? They tell you secrets. They spend time with you. They call you up at all hours of the night. Amen? Praise the Lord. Don't call me, though, because I'm, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Actually, I don't really sleep at night. I, I, I preach to myself in my sleep, and then I wake up, and then I put it on paper, and I come here and share it with you. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. I ask you, Lord, that your words would be your words, that I would speak to the people's hearts, your people, that they may be encouraged and strengthened in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's good to see everyone today. Thank you. It, uh, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. I was getting dressed today. And my wife goes, oh, you're excited, huh, to go and preach the word. Yes, ma'am, I am. Because <laughs> it's good to see all the people. It's good to hear the word of God. It's good to have fellowship and praise the Lord. It's a good thing. Amen? Amen. And when you remove yourself from that, you, you remove yourself from the, the spirit and the life of God. You can stay home for a while, and you can get it on the, the TV, but it's not the same as being here in person and feeling the presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this month, we're talking about love. It's Valentine's month. It's love month. So we were talking about, first last week, the Father's love. How good is the Father's love to us, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And it says in, in 1 John 3, 1, Beloved, how pleasant, or no, I'm sorry, uh, let me think about what it says there. It said, how, how good, how good, how good, I can't remember what it was. But no, it's, it's, it's uh, what a blessing it is to be called a child of God. That's what, how good the love of the Father is to us that he's called us to be his son. And Jesus came and demonstrated the love of Jesus by being like the Father to us. And we were able to understand what the Father's love was to us. And then the Holy Spirit teaches us how to love one another. Isn't that good news? We need help in loving one another, don't we? Don't look sideways right now. Just keep your eyes straight ahead. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the love of Jesus. You know, I've been saved for about 40 years. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Didn't get into anything else but the Lord. And the more I study the Bible, the more I find out things that I never knew before. I know one minister was talking to the Lord, and the Lord was showing him some things. And he said, I never saw that in the Bible before. And the Lord said to him, there's a lot of things in there that you don't know that I can show you. So we're going to look at today about how Jesus loved his disciples and in turn loved us. And I think that's kind of interesting because when you think about the love of Jesus and you read the scriptures, what do you see Jesus doing? He's always correcting and rebuking and trying to get him in line. He would say things like, where is your faith? How is it that you have no faith? Oh, ye of little faith. That's not encouraging words, is it? If people said that to you, you wouldn't be too kind to them, would you? Well, where is your faith, brother? You know, come on. Rent stupid. but you know, come on, where is your faith? <laughs> One time, the disciples couldn't cast out a demonic spirit, and they came to Jesus. And you know what he said? Oh, guys, you know, he said in Mark 9, 19, he said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring them to me. Now, there's a little frustration in his voice, isn't there in that? A little bit, yeah. 
How long, how long do I have to put up with you guys? You know, what, What's wrong with you? Use your faith. What's happening with you? When Peter was walking on the water and he began to sink, what did Jesus say? Oh, you know, you did pretty good, Peter, there for the first try. <laughs> right? He did a couple of things. Maybe next time you'll do better. No. What did he say? Why did you doubt? He could have said, that was pretty good, you know. Uh, next time you'll do better. No. He, he didn't mess around. He didn't sugarcoat it. He tell, told it like it is. I've had the Lord speak to me in an audible voice one time, and he said, oh, boy of little faith. And I said, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm not a boy, and I've been believing you for finances and healing. What, what are you talking about? But I wasn't able to believe him over some uh, personal issues. And he said, where is your faith? And I felt it very strong, very uh, poignant and very uh, direct, but still it had faith and had love in it. In other words, you can do it. Where is your faith? So anyway, even when he told, remember Peter? One time he said something out of line, and Jesus said to, them, to him, get behind me, Satan. That's not a polite thing to say, is it? <laughs> Somebody says something wrong. I've heard people say this, you know. They say something to you, and you go, get behind me, Satan. And they go like, those, those fighting words, right? But the Bible said that Jesus loved his disciples. He loved them to the very end. Would you hang around a guy that's talking to you that way? I don't think you'd hang around me very long if I was talking that way. How about James and John when they wanted to bring fire down from heaven? Jesus said to them, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. I didn't come to destroy lives. I came to save them. Right? These were James and John, the sons of thunder. He had to correct them. Correct, correct, correct. Why? These were the guys that were going to be uh, ministering to the whole world about the good news of Christ. He put all of his eggs in 12 baskets. He said, okay, you guys got to go out. I'm stuck with you. And he didn't pick, you know, the elite, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those that went to school to learn to be rabbis. They went to the fishermen and to the tax collectors and to people on the street. But I want to talk to you a little bit about them because... uh, he, he didn't pick just dum-dums. He, he didn't pick, like, uh, you know, tag-alongs. He didn't pick, like, you know, bumbling, stumbling idiots. He, he picked people that loved the Lord. They were industrious. Fishermen, I found out, they have to fish at night. They're on the grave shift. You know, <laughs> when the sun went down, that's when they went out because the nets were not able to be seen by the fish at night. In the daytime, they could see the nets and they would swim away. So their job, after the sun goes down in the night, they would go out and go fishing. So they were hardworking, they were adventurous, they're courageous, and they were patient. This is the kind of people that God chose and that they loved the Lord because when Andrew found Jesus, he told Peter, I have, we have just found the Messiah, the one we've been reading about. And Peter was excited and ran to meet uh, Jesus. So these, these people, though they didn't go to school to learn how to be rabbis, they were overlooked, but Jesus came and he handpicked them to be part of his disciples. Isn't that interesting? And one day, they're walking along with Jesus, and they were arguing about something. You know what they were arguing about? Who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom? <laughs> and Jesus was listening to them, and then when he got to the house, he goes, what were you all talking about? And they, the Bible says they were silent. They didn't say anything. <laughs> you, you ever, when you're arguing with your brother and your mom and dad, so what, what are you arguing about? Nothing. No, no, we're not. That's what they said. Nothing. They didn't say anything. But I can imagine, it's not in the Bible, but I can imagine it went something like this. Andrew said, 
You know, I was the first one to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. I spotted him out right away. He chose me first. And John said, yeah, but, uh, you know, I was the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? Peter said, have you guys forgotten I was the guy that walked on water? Have any of you ever tried to walk on water? And Thomas said, yeah, but you fell. I mean, you know, come on. You can't can't be the greatest. (laughs) And then, so what he did is he called them together and he said, listen, I'm going to teach you guys something. Whoever wants to be first in the kingdom of God, let him serve everyone. Let him be servant of all. So if you want to be great, be a servant. So when you see me running around doing all kinds of stuff, I'm serving. I'm serving. I serve my, my family. I serve you. I serve anybody that uh, is around because I'm a servant. Servant's heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want to find out why did the Bible say that Jesus loved the disciples? It didn't seem like love to me. Does it seem like love to you? Or have you ever thought about that? <laughs> yes? Guys always telling you off, rebuking you, telling you you did it wrong, you messed up, you know. <laughs> Let me show you how to do it. We had a pastor that was like that. We could never do anything right. No matter what we did, he always had a reason, and a, <laughs> an excuse, or a situation that you, you messed up. Like, for instance, okay, he wrote a book one time. I wasn't planning on saying this, but he wrote a book one time. And they delivered the books to uh, the church. So I thought, oh, okay, cool, man. I opened up the box for him and give him one, his, a copy of his book. He'd be happy. You know what he said? <laughs> That's not the proper way of doing it. The author was supposed to open up the, the, the box first and, and receive the, the, the book that, I, that he, he uh, wrote. So I'm like, where did you get, where did you get that? throw up my hands. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you about these young men that Jesus uh, picked. Were they old men? No. Were they middle-aged men? No. They were teenagers. And then, I mean, Charles, let me go up to the youth room and pick out some teenagers, and we're going to use them just to spread the gospel to all the world. Amen? Pretty crazy, isn't it? Now, the only one that was over 20 was Peter. Because remember when they asked him for the temple tax, Peter went to Jesus and he said, they want us to pay the temple tax. Jesus said, well, I don't have to pay tax on my own house, but, you know, just so they don't get upset, go to the fishes, go fishing, and the first fish that you get, the fish's mouth, there'll be money in there for me and for you. And he didn't say anything about the disciples. You ever wonder about that? Ah, Selah. Why only Peter and, John, Peter and Jesus? Because they were, they were the only ones that were uh, over 20. In, in, the, in the Bible, it says you only have to pay the temple tax if you're 20 and over. So all these guys are under 20 years old. Let, let's take a look at them. Let's, let's see what they... There they are. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they weren't a bunch of bumbling, stumbling bunch of boys. They had a heart for God. Andrew said, I, we've just found the Messiah. Amen. That's the way you should be when you, when you go visit uh, or, or tell people to come to the church. We just found the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's that new heart. You, your lives can change. You've got to come. It'll be glorious. You'll, you'll see great things happen in your life. Praise the Lord. Now, so they were fishermen. They, they were successful fishermen. They weren't just like trying to make it. They had a boats of their own. They had hired servants. Their father was in the business, and they left all to follow the Lord. In fact, Peter said, you know, Jesus, we've left all 
to follow you. What is our reward? Pretty human, isn't it? We say the same thing, don't we? Lord, I'm going to follow you, but <laughs> can you do this, this, and that? Amen. Okay, so uh, I know none of you think that way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so Matthew was the only one that had a business that we, we know about. He was a tax collector. Now, tax collectors are pretty sharp people, right? They have to be. They have to have their wits about them to be able to, you know, get the money and not have people bug them about it. So they were uh, disciples that God entrusted. He prayed all night long. He chose these 12, and they went out. Now, they were the ones that recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't. They said, what did the Pharisees say? Oh, show us a sign. Jesus said, like, what sign? The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, I raise them from the dead. What, what more do you need to see? He said, you want me to raise myself from the dead? I'll do that. He raised himself from the dead. They still didn't believe him. So the disciples, they knew and sensed the spirit of the Lord was with Jesus. Praise God. Now he says, now, now check this out. You ready? Ready to get deep? Pick up your, you know. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus saying, I loved you. Now, this is a new commandment. Why is it a new commandment, I might ask? Because in Leviticus, it used to say, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's all good if you love yourself. <laughs> and I know you all love yourself. You know why? Because when you take a group picture and they show it to you, who's the first person you look at? Yourself, right? That's why we have trouble in our Christmas cards, because we get a picture, and I look at it, I go, oh, it looks pretty good, and my wife says, no, I don't look that good in that picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, all right, right. Or Charles will say, no, I don't, uh, let's, let's change it. So we have to go through all and find where everybody's happy with the picture that they're, they're having. And, and, and what do we do nowadays? We don't sign autographs. What do we do? Selfie. Look at, I'm in it. It's me, self, I, and whoever's with me, but I'm here, okay? I love myself. But here's the problem with that. If that's the standard, how you love yourself, sometimes you don't feel that good about yourself. You wake up, you're grumpy, and you're grouchy, and so you're grumpy and grouchy to everybody around you, right? You say, well, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to give you a bad day. <laughs> you ever have people like that? They sit you down, they tell you all their problems before you're done. You're all weighted down. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> So the standard isn't how you love yourself. It's how Jesus loved his disciples. And, you know, tough love. He, they, he didn't sugarcoat it. He told them like it is. This is what you got to do. Praise the Lord. So we're going to show eight ways that Jesus loved his disciples. Are you ready? All right. First thing he did is he chose them. Out of all the men and boys in the earth, he chose them. He reached out to them in love. The Bible says you were chosen before the foundation of the world. You didn't love him first. He loved you. He chose you. Isn't that good news? Amen. Now, I was the most unlikely person to be chosen in high school to be a, a Christian. You know how they have in the yearbook, most likely to succeed, most likely to be a lawyer, most likely to be a football player. I would not be in the category of most likely to be a Christian. In fact, some of my friends, I was surprised when they got saved. I went, really? They got saved? He got saved? <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, to be chosen 
is, is really an honor, isn't it? You know, uh, when we play basketball, I'm not the best basketball player anymore. My, my skills are diminishing year by year, week by week. You know? But I do, I, do, I do squeak out some Holy Ghost shots every now and then. And so when they choose the teams, sometimes the, the good guys say, I want Chuck to be on my team. I like playing with him because things happen when he's there. And one guy who's not really a Christian, he says, there's more luck with Chuck. And I said, okay, <laughs> because the Lord helps me, amen? He puts me in the right spot, and, and he just, the spirit is there, you know? And so uh, God says, I chose you. You know when you're in the playground and they choose people and they don't choose you, don't you feel bad? You're the last one chosen and they choose a girl before you? It's like, come on, you know? Give me a break. <laughs> but God said, I chose you before the foundation of the world. Isn't that nice? The Bible says he knows those that are his. So that's good. He chose them. He chose you. He loves you. Praise God. The second thing is he taught his disciples. Jesus taught them publicly and privately. There are several examples of where he would speak to the, the crowd in parables and, uh, you know, they're a nice parable, like the sower sows the word. And, you know, it's an easy story. He casts the seed on the wayside, then on rocky ground, on thorny ground, then on good seed. And then, you know, he, he, he finished the sermon, and he went in the back room. And the disciples said, that, that's a good story. It's a farmer's story. We all know that. But what does it mean? <laughs> and Jesus, in his old amiable self, says, well, if you don't understand that parable... You're not going to understand any of the parables. Okay, forget we even asked you, okay? Forget it. <laughs> I'm showing the human side of how, you know, we have to be patient with people. We have to teach and reteach time and time again. So he called him aside and he explained to him the sower sows the, wheat, the word, goes into your heart. If it goes and it produces fruit and produces a harvest, that's good, Right? And I'm glad they asked that question, and I'm glad that Jesus explained it, because that way we know it for forever. It's written down. Thank God he answered, he, they asked it. Thank God that he answered. That's how he loves them, and that's how he loves us. Praise the Lord. So we have to uh, know that. And then, um, so it wasn't just for the 12 men. It was for us as well. So the third thing that Jesus was, he was patient. Huh, come on, talk to me. Anybody patient out there? Don't bother me, okay? What, whatever, okay? I'm in a hurry. Please, what? Come on, come on, come on. All right, praise the Lord. This is a tough, tough crowd out there. He answered all their questions, all their doubts and fears. Let's take, for example, our, our best subject, Peter, right? Peter denied the Lord three times, did he not? Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. Then after uh, he came and he resurrected from the dead, he, what did Peter do? Did he go to the prayer room? Did he go to his Bible? He went fishing. He went back to what he was doing before. What's wrong with you, Peter? You know, come on. He had, Jesus told him, time and time again, three days I'm going to be in the earth. I'm going to rise again, okay? Look for me. Wait for me. I'm going fishing. But Peter loved Jesus when he saw him. On the shore, he took off his clothes or, you know, his outer garments and swam to Jesus. He didn't wait to the boat get to get there. He swam to him. And here's, so Jesus already had fish prepared for him. Jesus didn't say, what are you doing fishing? 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> Haven't I told you that I was going to come back? Even, even the Roman soldiers knew I was coming back. They put a guard there. No, Jesus, Jesus was nice. He's nice. Are you kind? Are you nice? But people say, that, boy, that man is so kind. He's so nice. So understanding. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> so let's look at this slide. Uh, okay, so they come. Jesus already prepared breakfast for them. Can you prepare breakfast for people that, that wrong you or don't listen to you or ignore you? Can you, can you do that? It's hard, right? I'm not fixing you breakfast. <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> so when they had eaten breakfast, and they're breaking bread, and they're talking, Jesus asked Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Now, here's something interesting. I don't know if you guys know this or not. But there's two types of love uh, mentioned here. One is the agape and one is the phileo. So let's look at the next slide. So you see, agape means total commitment and devotion, undivided attention, willing to give up my own rights, willing to give up my own thoughts and follow you, Lord. Jesus is saying, Peter, you're going to follow me completely, total devotion, total commitment, and Peter said, you know, I got a deep personal affection for you as a close friend. And you know, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, you know. I can hang with you. But this total commitment thing, I don't know. So Jesus asked him again. Next slide. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you want to give me everything that you have, all the insides, everything that you do and believe? Are you going to give it to me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He said to him, then tend to my sheep. He said, okay. I'm not getting anywhere, <laughs> Jesus is saying. <laughs> but Jesus has to meet him halfway. So here's what he said the next time. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? Do you like me? Do you consider me a friend? Do you consider someone that you can relate to? He said, and Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, I ain't, I'm not hiding anything. You know all things. I already denied you three times, so I ain't going to boast. But you know me. I love you. I phileo you. Just help me in this situation, right? You got to be honest with the Lord wherever you're at. I mean, I know when I first got saved, you know, I invited the Lord into my heart, but I had other things that I was doing. I had to, you know, submit myself to Him and walk in His way, and gradually, step by step, day by day, month by month, year by year, you get more entrenched, learning about Him. He gives things to you, and He brings you along. Praise God. So that's what you have to do. So, um, and then with Doubting Thomas, right? All the disciples... Mary Magdalene, everybody said, oh, yeah, Jesus is risen. Thomas said, nah, unless I put my finger in his side and in his hands, now I won't believe it. And so Jesus appeared to him. He didn't say, now, he didn't call him doubting Thomas. He said, here, go ahead, put your hands in my fingers, in my feet. See that I did this for you. He didn't, he didn't chide him. But do you want to know this? 
after he rose from the dead, after he was going up to heaven, he brought the disciples together, and the Bible says he rebuked them for the hardness of their heart. Ouch! Jesus is not messing around. He wants a faith-filled believer to believe him and believe his word, no matter what happens, right? Now, if you spent three and a half years training somebody, and they got a hardness of heart, and you, he, Jesus knows their heart, but he still has to send them out, I'm thinking in his mind, he's going like, okay, guys, you know, do the best you can, okay? <laughs> I'm sending you out, hopefully the Holy Spirit can work with you. That's what he's doing with us. He's got to work with us. Amen. We're not perfect yet. We go out there. We make mistakes. I know like when I first got saved, I would tell somebody, you know, accept the Lord in your heart and you'll have everlasting life. You'll never die. And they go, what are you talking about? People are dying all over the place here. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, spiritual life. You'll have life with him in heaven. Praise the Lord. All right. So you have to be patient with those that you're bringing up. Teach and reteach. Sometimes I tell people something two or three months, then I come back to them, and they still want to know the same question that I answered. I go, why didn't I tell you? Praise the Lord. Okay, fourth thing, anybody that has kids know what I'm talking about, right? What, what's the most famous line youth say in children when they don't do their chores? I forgot. How do you argue that, I forgot? Okay, Jesus, you have to keep teaching them, okay? Number uh, four. <laughs> Jesus called them, what, friends. I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. Because a servant doesn't tell a friend what he's going to do. A friend speaks to you and talks to you and shares secrets. He said, all that I have, I've given to you, I've shown to you. He told the Father, all that you've given to me, Lord, I've given to you. I'm reading in John 17 where it says, the glory, Jesus said, the glory that you have with me, I have given to them. He gave us everything. He's not holding anything back. Amen? Amen. Everything that Jesus had, we can have too. We just got to get in there and get it in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. And, And even Judas, yay, even Judas. When Judas came and kissed him in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus say? You dirty, rotten scoundrel. No. He said, why do you do this? Friend, friend, you got to be kidding me. Three and a half years supplying him, teaching him, you know, being with him, ministering to him, and then he does that. Have you ever been stabbed in the back before? Friend, why you do this? Okay. <laughs> now, here's the thing. A friend uh, is, is different than being a servant. You know, when you go to meet a king like King Charles, you don't just walk up there and say, hey, kingy baby, how, 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 how you doing? You want to hang? Oh, no, you get in line and you do whatever you have to do. You know, there's, there's protocol, right? Not with Jesus. You're his friend. You can just run to him and say, Jesus, I'm going to need some help. King of kings, Lord of lords, help me. Praise the Lord. All right, let's move around, move along here. Number five, Jesus was an example to them and gave them responsibility, right? He was an example. He showed them how to do things. He said, this is how you heal the sick. This is how you do uh, uh, heal the lame and cast out demons and all those things. And he said, now, as I'm doing it, you do it. 
okay, okay, Jesus, they follow along. They came, to, they had the same spirit. <laughs> you know, I know when uh, I first learned how to pray for the sick, I remembered how my teacher taught me how to believe for healing. And every time I lay hands, I remember that same experience. So I'm believing for the Holy Spirit to do the same thing that he did for him as he was for me. Do you remember Elijah and Elisha? Elijah, when he went to part the the sea, he just threw his mantle down and and the sea parted. And Elijah, who was his, uh, you know, uh, uh, teacher, uh, student, when he came by, he said, the God of Elijah part the Red Sea. He just followed along. The disciples were just following along with what Jesus had done. And so he sent them out. He trusted them to go out two by two. Why two by two? Because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together or where there's uh, two or three be witness to my word. And there's, there's a, a, what do you call it, a bond when you have two people. If one person can't remember, the other person can remember. The other person has an idea. And while that person's talking, you're praying and you're thinking about it. And I can remember, <laughs> I'm not good at going knocking on doors. I, I, cold call, I'm not good. I'm good at, like, I'm talking on, you know, uh, at the restaurant or at the store or at work. I'm real good at that. Marianne doesn't like doing that. She doesn't like to intrude. I, don't, I, I get right in there. But now knocking on doors, that's her forte. I mean, she gets up there and she goes, hi, we're with the New Heart Foursquare Church down the street. We just wanted to come pray with you, see if everything is okay with your family. Do you need prayer for anything? She just goes right on. I get up there and I go, um, you know, we're, 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 we're here because we want to, like, you know, pray for you. Is there anything that we can, do you have kids? Do you have kids in there? That's the truth. But if there's a carpenter or a workman or a neighbor, I don't have any problem. Are you going to heaven? You want to go to heaven? You want to know how to get to heaven? I'll tell you how to get to heaven. Okay? Accept the Lord in your heart. Believe in your Speak it out of your mouth, and you will be saved. Okay? So do you want to know? Do you want to go? So I, get right to the, I cut right to the chase. But uh, so I was witnessing with this one lady, and she taught, taught me how to do this. And so I'd go to the door, and I'd do my, my, my crummy little introduction, you know. Excuse me, I'm Pastor Chuck, and I'm with uh, this church here. And, and she just interrupted me. Excuse me. So if you died today, would you go to heaven? <laughs> she taught me how to just go right to it. Amen? And then after she did that, then I was able to pray with them. So we, we, we combine our forces to be able to do the things that God wants us to do. So he, he got the 12 disciples. He sent them out. He gave them responsibility. He loved them. They were so excited. They came back. Oh, even the, the demons are subject to us. We cast them out. We're so happy. And Jesus, once again, in his loving way, don't be so excited about that. Don't be excited about the, the demons are subject to you, but be, rejoice in that your names are written in the books of life, right? Amen. Always correcting, always telling them what to do out of love. Amen. And that's, you know, can I, can I give you a little side note? Side note. <laughs> when people are here that are new and I have to correct them or teach them or train them, I see how they respond. If they respond in a positive way, I go, oh, praise the Lord. They're going to learn. They're going to grow. They're going to do, do better, right? But those people that fight back and give an excuse, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> pastor, <laughs> this is the way I've done it all my life, you know. Who are you to tell me? Da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> I 
You're majoring in excuses, aren't you? <laughs> All right. So Jesus, he, he, uh, he sent them out. He trusted them. Six, Jesus was an example in prayer, right? He went away, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning, the fourth watch, and he would pray. And he would come back, and they saw, this guy's disciplined. You know, he gets away, and, and he's... He's concentrating. He's serious. Look, 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 look what it says here. Now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. He said, you know, when you pray, you come out. Man, things happen. You know, you preach good. People get healed. People just throw their sick and they get healed just by touching you. Some people just grab your coat and they get healed. Teach us how to pray, Right? So we have to, and what did he tell his disciples? Could you not pray with me one hour? Could, could you not just, you know, stay with me one hour? I have to wake you up all the time. If I came to your house, praise the Lord, and you're praying. See, I, I always wonder, like, okay, if you start praying for 10 minutes, and then you fall asleep for 40 minutes, and then you wake up for 10 minutes, does that count as an hour? As you're laying before the Lord, right? All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, number seven. Say, so is he almost done? <laughs> huh? Keep going? All right. Are you getting these down? All right. Let's see. Let's get a recap here before you forget. He chose them. He chose you. Isn't that nice? He taught them. He's teaching you. He was patient with them. He's patient with you. Can you, you realize how patient God is with us? I mean, it took 30 years for me to get saved. 30 years. What were you doing? <laughs> I was called before the foundation of the earth, but I'm out there having a good time, playing around and everything. I remember when I was uh, young and, you know, drinking beer was like a big deal. Oh, yeah, we went drinking. We had party, beer parties, and I can remember coming home with a little buzz on, my little Volkswagen, my little white Volkswagen, coming down. It was Van S. I just had one street. Just go one street, one turn, get into the house, and tiptoe in. I wouldn't change my clothes. <laughs> Just tiptoe in, get in the bed, put the covers over. Praise God. Did my mom hear me? Am I okay? Wake up next morning like nothing happened, right? A lot, of, a lot of weeks doing that. God's saying, what are you, you know, and what? I had one, one minister was telling me he was in the Navy, and he was fooling around, and the Lord, as he was going up the steps in the, on the ship, the Lord said to him, what are you doing, and how long do you think you have? In other words, like, whoa, yeah. Trying to fool the Lord, you're running away from him. He, I mean, he, he put Jonah in the belly of the whale. He knocked Peter down, I mean, Paul down. He, he wants you to follow him, praise God. Amen. So, but he's patient with us. He puts up with us. Then we get saved, and how long does it take for us to straighten out our lives? How long does it take for us to forgive people? How long does it take for us to put aside all those things that distract us and so easily weigh us down? Praise God. Oh, that's just my, my hobby, my thing I like to do. I like to do videos and play around at night, you know, just going, watching things. How about praying, okay? How's, why, why not get serious about this thing? God's waiting. Come on, come on, come on. All right, he's patient with us. Seven, he was an example in suffering. What if Jesus said, you know, guys, I'm through with these Pharisees and Sadducees. I've had it with them. I, I hate them. 
That's not what the Bible says. It says, love your enemies. Do good to them that persecute you, right? Amen. Amen. He, he, had to be, he, he had to practice what he preached. Love the enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. He told the disciples, you're supposed to love, and he had to love. And so, Jesus, so I don't know if I have it up here. Peter references this in his, uh, is there a Peter reference up there? I'm not getting any uh, response from headquarters there. There it is, okay. Let's read this together, okay? Let's have some group participation. Let's read this together. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So when you're suffering persecution, you're suffering situations, Paul, uh, Peter says, this is your example. Jesus said, you're going to suffer many things because you're a Christian. They didn't like me. They're not going to like you. <laughs> Wake up. Hello. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. So he taught them. So the Bible says when you suffer, uh, the glory of God rests upon you. Isn't that nice to know? When you're with your wife or you're with your husband, <laughs> and they're making you suffer. Oh, we're, we're getting into it now. Someone asked me, now, how did you learn, how did you stay married for almost 40 years? And I said, through pain and suffering. I've... And if you ask Marianne, she would say the same thing. You learn how to go through things, right? You don't throw up your hands and say, I'm through with this. Um, you know, because I found out that other women are, are the same as my wife. She found out other men are the same as me. You know, I, I, I tell this story. I hate to repeat things, but there's a new crowd all the time. But we got married. We only knew each other 10 weeks. Yeah, that's pretty good, huh? Well, we were older, and we had the Spirit of the Lord on us, and we just knew that's the one. That's the one for us. So we got married. But then after we were married for a little while, we said we should sue each other for false advertising. <laughs> you are not the person that I married. <laughs> when we were married, <laughs> when we were dating, Marianne was always on time. Oh, Lord, she was on time. Everything I said was golden. It was rich. She loved it. Amen. I listened to her for hours on end. We talked. We fellowshiped. One time, we talked all night long on the phone. All, all night long. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, we said, well, we better, you know, get ready for work. So we got ready and went to work. What kind of love is that, right? But then after we've been married a while, <laughs> it's like, you're never on time, <laughs> Okay. And everything I say is like, oh, no, we're not doing it that way. <laughs> and I wouldn't, you know, at night I'd be like, okay, I'm going to sleep. Okay, good night. <laughs> so we, we change, you know, you revert back to your old habits, your own ways, but you learn how to love one another, right? Falling in love at first sight is easy, but it's the continuing to love each other throughout your lifetime that proves and shows that you love one another. Amen? So we did that dance uh, on, on Valentine's Day. Much to my chagrin, because my wife wanted me to do it. 
So I did it. So, so somebody would say, well, we liked, we liked your son because, you, you know, that was hip. That was the, the Blues Brothers and everything. And so I told my, my niece, I go, yeah, but some people like to see some old folks <laughs> get up there and been married this long and still can dance with each other. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay. So uh, are we on the last thing? The last thing. Number eight. I'm glad you guys are paying attention here. Jesus prepared the disciples for what would happen, right? He didn't just leave. He didn't just say, like, poof, I'm gone. Some people do that at church. I, I don't know if you ever, you never, you never pastored a church, but sometimes you pour your heart out to people. Then all of a sudden, they're not there. You wonder where they are. What happened? I was with you all the way, pastor. But someone told me that I should just leave. Why? I don't know. I just felt like I should leave. The wind blew me away. <laughs> That's not the way you're supposed to leave a church. You're supposed to come to the pastor and say, listen, this is what I uh, do, and I think the Lord is leading me in this direction. Okay, praise the Lord. Let me pray, pray over you. God bless you. You know, I'm not mad at you. But just to leave, just to be ghost, <laughs> you wonder, you scratch your head, what's wrong with you? Amen? We're joined into a family. And I've talked to other pastors. They said the same thing. He said, the people that you put your most uh, effort into, there's the ones that sometimes leave you, just like Judas. Put his whole heart into Judas, and Judas just betrayed him. But anyway, that's... Jesus didn't do that with his disciples. And I know the youth have that problem, too, because sometimes their parents leave them. They get a divorce. They, they check out. And so one of the youth said, uh, when we had a new youth director or youth uh, teacher, he said, why should I meet them? They're just going to leave us. Isn't that sad? But we're here, okay? We are here. Amen? Pillars, rocks. So when you come, I'll be here. My son will be here. Marianne will be here. Praise the Lord. So Jesus knew his disciples needed some help. He knew that they were going to be leaving. And so he got them together, and he said, you know, guys, I'm checking out. I'm leaving. I'm going up to heaven. He said, well, you're back here. You know, you're risen from the dead. Let's go out and do some more of that. No, 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 no. We're, I'm going to go, you are going to do the rest of the work. And I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. He'll be with you just like I was with you. He'll teach you all things, everything that I've spoken to you. He'll remind you of it. And you'll be able to minister just like I am. They go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't leave us. I'm going away. He prepared them. He prepared them for what he was going to do. So in conclusion, Jesus said, as the Father has loved me so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And as, you, as I have been sent, as he has sent me, I send you. So if you want to be and know how Jesus loves you, here's the eight things. Are we ready for them? He chose you. And that, that's so good. He chose you. In all your imperfections, and all the things that you do wrong, in all your imbalances, he chose you. He taught you. He's teaching you day by day. He never stops teaching you until you get to heaven. He's patient with you. Thank God for that. Amen? He's called you a friend. A friend. He gave them responsibility. And six, he was an example in prayer. He was an example in suffering. And he prepared you for the future. Let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you for 
bringing us together to hear wonderful words that can encourage us, strengthen us, and know how much you love us. You love us with an everlasting love, and I thank you that as you've called us, you've taught us, you teach us, and you empower us to do great things. Father, let us go forth with your power and your strength, your wisdom, your words to minister to others. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.